Let's get to uh, famed defense attorney Artie Idala. He's on the phone right now back in New York City. Arthur, good morning. Here it's good afternoon. How are you, buddy? I never, uh, I never say that I'm jealous or envious of anyone, but I would love. I texted you this night before last. Like, if I was in a different point in my life right now and I wasn't studying for all these cases I have coming up, I'd be on the next plane and hanging out with you. But I'll make you laugh, and I hope it comes true. I'm, I mean, I'm dying to go to Israel, but you could go out on a limb. Ready, Sid? Go on a limb. Take a guess what band announced that they're going to play Israel sometime in 2024 or early 2025 that I'm going to go see over there. Well, I can tell you this. It's not going to be Pink Floyd and Roger Waters, no. but knowing you, and, I'm going to go with the Rolling Stones. And, you know, Pink Floyd, you're correct. And the Stones played there once before in 2014. And, yes, Pink Floyd and Roger Waters gave them such a hard time. Don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. And, and Mick and Keith said, yeah. Go f yourself, and they Love went. That. They played in Tel Aviv a, a decade ago, and they announced that they they announced after October seventh that they're going to go back and play a gig. They just have to work out the logistics. So I'll be there someday, but I'm so happy for you, bro. It's, I mean, obviously this is an experience of a lifetime, and uh, and you deserve it. As I'm looking at your book here in my house, and I get off to a late start because I was in the office till two a.m. Sid Rosenberg, Citizens United, yeah. the latest field story suggestions and solutions to withstand and woke world, a woke yeah. world. So it's, it's a woke world. Kevin uh, Breslin uh, jumps in here. He says, I come from a Pulitzer home. He's the son of the all-time great Jimmy Breslin, and uh, he writes, big work you are doing, I guess, saying I deserve a Pulitzer. I'm not sure that's the case, but I will tell you this, Artie. Being here the last couple, thank you, Kevin, the last couple of days, it is, it's an amazing country. You've traveled, I know, all over the world. You go to Italy like I go to Bay Ridge. But um, <laughs> the history, I mean, there's a, there's a little part here in this, uh, in this country where you've got uh, Jesus, his tomb, and uh, not far that's from that. That's my boy. That's my boy. Did you say hello to my boy, Jesus? Yes, I did. He's a big fan of mine, too. He loves the show. And uh, not far from that, you, you've got the, the Israel uh, side. So you've got the, basically the history of the world. The history of the world is right here in Israel. Pretty amazing. When are you meeting with Netanyahu? I don't know. We're uh, working on it. And uh, you know who's going to get me that meeting, don't you? A Dershowitz. guy. Yes, your client, Alan Dershowitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're very close. I mean, they're, they're you know, they're, and you know, you know who knows them as well since we're having an open conversation here on the chit-chatting line is Caron. Caron was there when he was, you know, chief of staff a year ago. Frank, yes, I know Frank does. So does Anthony. They come back to Israel uh, often. They do, and uh, they know BB very, very well. But please, he's all busy these days, obviously. And look, there's a lot of fear, anxiety, and all that. I mean, people here still have a very, very good time. They're all very, very sweet. They're all loving people. Uh, they walk around with guns, obviously, but there is a a healthy anxiety, more than fear, a healthy anxiety that the North is about to explode. That'll be a war that will really change people's lives all across this country, as far south as Jerusalem, because what happened on October the 7th really affected the South. I mean, yes, we've seen rocket fire, Tel Aviv, very little Jerusalem, but basically that affected the South. What's going on in the North with Hezbollah and, of course, backed by Iran, 
that is going to affect this whole country. So, folks, where I am in Jerusalem, hours away from the north, they expect everything from electrical grids to be shut down, difficulty getting things as simple as water above and beyond the death toll from a real war up in the north. So they are really nervous about the next couple of months. And so Bibi's got his work cut out for him. Get out the hostages, beat Hamas in the south, and figure out a way to keep the world out basically in the north. That's a lot of work. Listen to you. You sound better than Mr. T did in Polly Prep. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. T. So tell me this. I, I may sound great, know what I'm talking about, but there's a lot of times in the news these days, Arthur, where I feel really stupid. And one of those days was a couple of days ago when this judge came down with this ruling that my friend Donald Trump was going to have to pay E. Jean Carroll who's clearly a liar, I tend to go with the women 99% of the time. There is no doubt this lady is lying. $83 million? What kind of number is that? Well, well, see, that's why I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. I no longer believe the women 99% of the time. And here's why. That number you just said, it is so easy, whether consciously or subconsciously, Today, in today's day and age, when they are handing out money like cotton candy, literally, for a woman in their own brain, we had an expert on the stand in the Harvey Weinstein case talking about memories regarding sexual uh, encounters and how they get changed, they get morphed. When you have these kinds of opportunities to say, well, yeah, we fooled around and I wanted to go to first and second base, but he went to third base. And that's a crime, and if you don't settle with me, I'm going to tell you, your, your boss, and you're going to lose your job, so I want to check for a quarter of a million dollars right now. I mean, I'm representing someone right now who you and I both know, who's uh, he's not on your radio show, so nobody should get the wrong impression, but he's a public figure, and he's being accused of, of not rape, but just something inappropriate of sexual nature at a location he didn't even own. At the time this was supposed to take place, he has 16 alibis, 17 ways from Sunday. But if it gets out that this, he was accused, as Dershowitz wrote the book, guilt by accusation, not, not by conviction, but the a mere accusation means you're, you're done. So if he gets just accused, he's in the he's, – so this guy's writing out a check, and it's killing. He wants to throw up every day in my office. I was like, look, if you owned a bagel store – we would fight this like crazy. Right. But because of what you're doing, and the, the next gig you get, the next opportunity you have, they're going to Google you, and this is going to be the first thing that comes up. So well, I've heard that before well, about them. Really um, it didn't really happen. Right, but I've, I've heard that before about famous people who uh, write the check, and there are big numbers. Michael Jackson, my friend Bill, without getting into it, big, big numbers, okay? Um, he and did some he, of them, he did, he just did it, right? Right, he, he did, did he, but he, I think he's done it twice. Um, and, and they say they write the check because, uh, like you said, they don't want any other aggravation. But also, and you tell me this is true, that if they don't, there's going to be a depot. And if there's a depot, then they will start to talk about stuff in their life that, quite frankly, may not be criminal, may not be sexual. But you know what? They don't want out there either. So there's a few reasons why some of these people write these big checks. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. So one one of the questions may be hypothetically, totally hypothetically, have you ever cheated on your wife? And you may want to – the truth may be yes, but that doesn't mean you raped somebody. That doesn't mean you sexually assaulted somebody. It could be two you know, consensual adults 
Well, yes, I had an affair with my wife. So if you don't want to lie under oath, then, you know, you, you, yes, you may not want to sit, sit for the deposition. But my look, I was with Jim Dolan, the and head of MSG, because I represent Harvey Weinstein, and both of them are now getting sued. And I said to him, I go, I'm surprised before they filed this public lawsuit, they didn't try to shake you down and say, look, you know, give us a whole bunch of money before we file the suit. He looked at me. He goes, oh, yeah, they tried to do that. I told him to go, you know, they use some curse words. Right, right, so right. That is, that, that's the M.O. They call you first and they say, here's the and they give you the complaint. Here's the complaint we're going to file against you. But if you give us money now, we won't file the complaint and nobody will know about it. And we'll sign a confidentiality agreement. And they're just going to be handed around like cotton candy. And the thing with Trump is that judge is a he's been around a long time, Sid. And the way you know radio, he knows the law and he knows how to weave in and out. He knows how to go right up into that line to to take away people's rights and, and to kind of be a bully, not kind of to be a bully. But he doesn't he, he leaves enough of a room there so that the appellate court will say, well, he did take that into consideration. We're going to maintain this verdict. It's all going to depend on which three judges of the Circuit Court of Appeals get chosen to hear this appeal. Because in my opinion, look, I wasn't in the courtroom, but it seemed to me that the judge clearly had his thumb on the scales of justice against Donald Trump. Oh, from day one, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, you know, we've heard from Alina Hubble, who said that basically she was preparing the appeal after the first day in court. And then this poor bastard, Trump, who I love dearly, he's got to go from that, that ridiculous ruling, I believe, because I'm in Jerusalem, of course, that he's in criminal court today. Is that right? Yeah, I think today was they were just going to do some kind of a pretrial conference thing in, in uh, the Manhattan uh, State Court and... Um, you know, I look to going back to Kaplan, the, the federal judge. I was in the courtroom with Takapina when he summed up and all that. And I heard, you know, the judge, Mr. Takapina, you're coming perilously close to violating my rulings. Like, <laughs> you know, like back off, like let let the lawyers do their thing. Of course, they got to maintain the, the rules of evidence and things like that. But when here's the here's the bottom line, Sid, a defendant. Now, it's different in the civil case and a criminal case. But Donald Trump wanted to testify in his civil case. Before the judge would allow him to testify, Abba had to say what questions she was going to ask him and what answers Trump was going to give before he took the stand. I've never heard of that in my life. That a defendant, and I know it's a civil case, so it's different than a criminal case, but because there was already depositions, so you have an idea of what Trump's argument is, and there's not that element of surprise that you normally have, like in a criminal case. Prosecutor doesn't know exactly what this defendant is going to say 99% of the time. The fact that the judge took away his right to testify is really putting you – well, he didn't take it away. He allowed him to testify for under three minutes. I mean, wrap your brain around that. You're accused of something. You're facing $100 million in damages, and the defendant, the guy who's supposed to be up there defending himself, is on the stand for under three minutes because of a judge's ruling. To me, that stinks to high heaven. No, it really does. It just, um, it's, it's incredible how unfairly they've been treating Donald Trump for the longest time now, but, uh, but that's the way it goes. So how many countries have you been to around the world without getting to Israel? Oh, right, a lot. But, you know, the thing is, I, I, we mentioned Dershowitz. Dershowitz, God bless him, 85 years old. We had this agreement that we're going to find a two-week 
period. And he's going to take me to Israel for a week, and then we're going to jump on a puddle jumper, and I'm going to take him to Sicily for a week, nice. and we're going to make it happen. So hopefully yeah. in between, he and I are doing so much work together. I'm so lucky. I mean, think about it. Uh, all kidding aside, it's like you working with, with, with Imus when you did or working with, with Howard Stern. I mean, Dershowitz is in my office doing legal work on a regular basis. Sometimes I have to pinch myself. A couple of weeks ago, I had Rudy Giuliani in one conference room, Dershowitz in the other conference room. I had Harvey Weinstein on the phone with me and Ghislaine Maxwell on the phone with my partner, Diana Sampson. This moron from Poly Prep who went to SUNY Purchase and CUNY Law School has these four major things going on at the same exact time in my little office in Manhattan. You know, guys like me and you, somehow or another, Sid, we figured it out. Yeah, I know. It is amazing. You, me, Joe Takapina, even Bruce Charrett, all of us uh, want to do some very, very good things. And I really wanted to get you on from Israel because I know you're not only a dear friend of mine, but a dear friend of the Jewish people. So the conversation was great. And now you can say I was on with Sid when Sid was in Jerusalem a week I will never forget. So thank you for hopping on this morning, Artie. We love you. You did a great job. Thank you so much. All right, regards to your bride and your kids. Take care, brother. You got it, man.